This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. Hello there, and welcome to Thank the Maker, a podcast about heroes, princesses, scoundrels, hokey religions, ancient weapons, and all things Star Wars. I'm your host, Adam Russell. I am also your host, Ryan Key. And I'm Nick. I'm back. I got spider legs. <laughs> I was cut in half. But now I got spider legs. Holding them together with the force. <laughs> yeah. Next episode, you get the upgrade. I only got the spider legs for you guys, so I could podcast. Well, we appreciate it. And we're very <laughs> glad you're alive and well. Good to be back. It's actually a great time for you to talk about becoming a Sith because this is our 66th episode. Hey! hey. Wow. Look at that. Let's go kill some Jedis. You know, let's murder some babies. <laughs> That's crazy that we've recorded 66 episodes of this freaking show. It's dope. It's amazing. Feel good about it. Being that I wasn't on last week, I really did miss it. Anytime I try to even talk any sort of Star Wars to Nicole, she's like, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not joking though that is a quote <laughs> i don't care <laughs> she doesn't feign interest she says i don't care so not podcasting for a week is hard for me hold on she's not a fan i thought she was a fan yeah but i don't think she wants to talk about it she's <laughs> she's she's working a lot these days so she's okay. dealing with events and brides and stuff like that that are not really uh being very nice to her so she's she's uh she's not having a good time with work right now so when I'm like, yeah, there's new Clone Wars figures. She's like, I don't care. <laughs> Yo, how dope was it that we got to see Fennec Shand? F*** you. Yeah. <laughs> That's probably what's next. <laughs> All right. Well, let's, uh, let's do it. Let's talk about it. Speaking of Fennec Shand, we're talking about The Bad Batch, season one, episode four, Cornered. What'd you guys think? I thought this episode was uh, certainly designed to move the story forward and has a cool bomb drop of Fennec Shand, as you said. But... Overall, I mean, we've talked about this in Mandalorian as well. And, you know, it's like, I think this was kind of an adventure of the week that doesn't have a whole lot of meat on the bones, but I, I didn't not enjoy it. Same. Yeah. It was exciting and fun. You know, and it didn't drag on too long. I was like, cool. Thanks for the episode. For like, mm -hmm. Fennec there. So that's introduced. That, I think that's the main thing of this whole episode is we got a new character that we knew was coming, which is cool. So now we get to think about why is she here? I mean, besides obviously searching for Omega, but who hired her and all that type of stuff. So, so it's cool. I, I, I got to, I, I liked seeing a city, you know, so many yeah, of the yeah. planets and clone wars and stuff besides Coruscant are just kind of more rural, I guess, and farmland type stuff. So it was cool to see a city. Dope. Let's talk about the deeds. What have you done with those planets? The Bad Batch season one, episode four, Cornered, debuted May 21st, 2021, this past Friday. Directed by Saul Ruiz, who directed a bunch of Clone Wars episodes, some Rebels, some Resistance. It's been around. Written by Christian Taylor, who also wrote on the Clone Wars a little bit. Great writing, I thought. Again, kind of a side quest, but I thought it was really well written. Starring, as we mentioned, Ming-Na Wen as Fennec Shand. It's dope that they brought her back for the voice. That only makes sense. We, of course, know Fennec Shand from The Mandalorian as a bounty hunter who's associated with Boba Fett. Two other 
little cameos. We have Taryn Killam from SNL. He plays the depot manager on Pantora, a character named Godal. Uh, I think it's a Godal is like the species Godel. that looks like a goat. <laughs> yeah. And the land speeder driver. And then also from SNL, Bobby Moynihan, who has been on Resistance, plays citizen number two slash traitor. T-R-A-D-E-R, not a traitor with a T, <laughs> yeah. not a traitor. There's like, what's the SNL connection? This is know. the third I mean, SNL. Yeah, I think they're right? nerds. I mean, think back yeah. to a couple of years ago when Force Awakens came out, they did that whole hilarious like action figure commercial. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and I feel like all of these guys were in it. Yeah. Did it, SNL is where they did like uh, the... The um, Kylo Ren thing? Kylo. Secret bosses yeah, yeah. or yeah, whatever, yeah. like with, with, with Kylo Ren. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Best. Yeah, it's so good. Disney Plus description of this is straight to the point. <laughs> Certainly. <laughs> the Bad Batch's supply run goes awry. Full yes, stop. it does. I think someone was like, uh, less words. Say less. Do less. <laughs> a six-word description. <laughs> yeah. Too, too many. Too many words. Yeah, same thing, but try six words. <laughs> we already talked about some first impressions, but some notable things. No crosshair in this episode. Yeah. He's off scheming somewhere. <laughs> he's just he's bathing in the evil soup. I didn't really notice that until I watched it a second time. I was like, oh, yeah. wait, okay, cool. It wasn't that much just Empire stuff besides that, like, reoccurring Rampart speech, you know, about switching over your credits and stuff like that. So there wasn't too much uh, Empire in this episode. I love, I thought it was a really, really good kind of, like, chase adventure vibe in this thing. Yeah. You know, you bring a bounty hunter in, that's what you get. But I thought the way it was executed, especially the speeder chase on Pantora, was straight up Lucas, Spielberg, Star Wars, Indiana Jones, classic. You know what I mean? Yeah, I also noticed in that speeder chase, like the whole concept of like smells and sounds being able to sort of like transport your mind while you're in the middle of something else, you know, and the sound of the speeder bikes just full on Endor. Yeah. Like they were just, Mm -hmm. they had like the bikes had the same like sound to them. And I was just like totally transported there. Mixed with the Coruscant, a lot of the Foley from the Coruscant chase in in Attack of the Clones. Very, very similar. My favorite inadvertent comedy, I don't know if anyone else laughed at this, but I straight up chuckled at 12.20 a.m. when I was watching this. During the chase, Fennec grabs Omega and tells her to tuck and roll just before she, like, (laughs) throws her. Omega does not tuck and roll. She just (laughs) eats it. (laughs) I don't know. It was pretty funny to me. That's great. I mean, considering that Omega doesn't know what dirt is, she definitely has never heard the term tuck and roll. (laughs) So she's just like, "Uh, okay, I'm going to land on my shoulder. (laughs) It's pretty funny. All right, quick overview. The crew is wanted by the Empire. They make a pit stop on a planet for supplies and to scramble the ship's signature key, which is apparently what allows their ship to be tracked. It's something tech can do, but they have to land for some reason. They run into, of course, bounty hunter Fennec Shen, who had been hired to capture Omega. We don't know who hired her yet. We can speculate. We should probably speculate about that in the after show for the patrons. Patreon.com slash ThinkTheMakerPod if you want to watch that. All the fun speculation. Plot-wise, though, I mean, this is it. There are some notable things to mention and, and discuss. First of which is... So they're, they're on Pantora, which we have seen quite a bit in the Clone Wars, actually. Mm-hmm. We know um, the Senator Ryo or Rio Chuchi. We don't know how to pronounce the first name, but... She's the the blue-skinned, I mean, the species, the Pantorns, they're blue-skinned, George Lucas's character in Revenge of the Sith was that mm-hmm. species, and his daughter, stepping on Dan of Antiquities. But um, we see this senator, this young girl, quite a bit. She's the one that has the really thick Kiwi accent, 
I was hoping she and uh, Omega would get to speak to each other and that would be tied. But point being, we've spent a lot of time on this planet. So we're here and there's a bunch of citizens celebrating. They're all, everybody's partying because the war is over. Mm-hmm. Still, they're just, I mean, yeah, that's been a long party. <laughs> they're still drunk. I mean, they wake up, they're in the same clothes. They go back to the bar. And they're like Scandinavian or Japanese. Yeah. They can just drink all other people on the planet under the table for months on end. <laughs> they're sleeping in the 24-hour karaoke bar yeah. till the train starts up again in the morning. It's definitely interesting seeing them cheer on the clones because I guess to the citizens, they just changed their name, but they're still clones. You know, like they're still the good guys. They just rebranded, I guess. Is that a way to look at it in a citizen's point of view? Like, why else would they be cheering them on? Like, the war's over. Technically, the clones won, but now they're called the Empire. Yeah. Right? It's like a, you know, a welcome home parade kind of vibe. Mm -hmm. You know, post-World War II, kind of everybody sitting up on the back of the convertibles, kind of, you know, rah-rah USA thing. Yeah. Something I noticed in this, one dude I, I talk with at work quite a bit is like, man, we need a droid in this. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't really notice until, I guess, last episode, they had that gonk droid on the ship. Yeah, the gonk is doing some stuff now. Yeah, gonk's around. It's kind of helping out. But then we get like a whole crew of droids in this, two astromechs, and then one that's kind of new, looks like an astromech with like- With legs? Yeah, with like old school sci-fi arms and legs. It's like a gonk-astromech hybrid. Yeah. (laughs) There's one in Resistance, I forget its name, like Ellie or something like that. That's pretty similar, like kind of an astromech, but with like tube arms and legs. Yeah. Little chunky boy. <laughs> yeah. It's definitely a stocky little dude yeah. waddling around. As soon as they all showed up, I was like, oh, dude, please bring those droids. Please just bring them on the ship. Yeah, that'd be cool. But no such luck. But it was so dope to see Echo disguised as a droid, like his full yeah. different suit. That costume was amazing. Yes. That helmet was so sick. I can't wait to see somebody make that. Yeah, I could. What do you do with your arm? Yeah, to to cosplay that. Make it longer. (laughs) I guess. Luke's amputated hand, kind of old school movie vibe. Yeah. Yeah, like Captain Hook in every historic Peter Pan film or play or anything. It's just extra long. (laughs) (laughs) Your hand's gone, but somehow it's longer. (laughs) The the Echo stuff I thought was a little interesting in this. I mean, he's really only. I mean, who knows how many days. I would, I guess I would measure it in days, how many days this is after he's been rescued, right? So he's got to be dealing with like, am I a droid? Am I a clone? Am I both? And I feel like in this episode, he was like, hey guys, I'm a droid. I could do this now. You know, like he disguised himself as a droid. But then I don't know if you guys noticed there's, there is a moment when Omega is in that shop and she's playing with that toy clone trooper. There's just one extra second of a shot that mm-hmm. Echo is like looking at it. He like touches yeah, he its like, helmet. And he kind of turns the head of it. Yeah. 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 So Definitely an intimate moment, totally. close focus on his hand holding mm-hmm. the, the doll. Look at him in that moment. He's a droid. He's passing as a droid. So he's like, yeah. where's my humanity or my, my yeah. clone-ness is gone, you know? Like he's kind of going back and forth. He doesn't fit in with the Bad Batch as far as like having that mutation, but... He also felt like he wasn't a clone anymore, which is why he went with a bad batch in the first place. But I feel like, yeah, he had he had some moments in this where he was kind of not outwardly struggling. But I think you could pick up on some points of him being like, uh, do I miss being a clone? Well, I mean, we all know the famous line. He's more machine now than man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> truly. That's been a theme. And yeah. it would be cool if we get to see that kind of concept be actually played out Mm -hmm. instead of just told as lore. Yeah. To see a character go through the struggle of discovering that they're more machine than man. Yeah. And holding on to whatever humanity is left in there. 
it seems like that might be where they're going with his character, which would be so sick. Mm-hmm. Loki, that whole scene, though, just kind of got me excited to go to Galaxy's Edge next week. Which I know, doing. right? I'm like, we need to start a hashtag or something, <laughs> some sort of, like, when are we going to Batu in Star Wars? Besides yeah. us yeah. literally going, yeah. when are we going to Batu? Just that little shop. I was I like, know. Ooh, on Thursday, I'll be waiting in line to walk. Actually, I don't think you have to wait in line anymore because they, they, they were making you wait in line to walk through Black Spire because oh, yeah, yeah. of COVID. And it was crazy. The line was crazy just mm-hmm. to walk through the shop. So we didn't, when I was there last, I actually didn't go. It, it probably saved me some money, to be honest. Yeah. It's great because <laughs> I didn't do it. I didn't feel like waiting online. I walked through it. Anyways, total tangent there. Yeah, just, yeah. But but I, <laughs> I will tell you, I had a conscious thought of it, like a moment of excitement because of the, the shop scene. Totally. I was like, one week, baby, or well, four <laughs> days now. You know, so one thing I was thinking, too, about Echo is he hasn't really spoken to anyone he knows clone-wise that went through Order 66. It's really, at this point, what, Rex, you know? Like, yeah. He's going to talk to one of his brothers about what happened because he's only, at this point, talked to Cut, who didn't experience it, and the Bad Batch, who didn't experience it. So, Yeah, at what yeah. point is that crossover happening in the series where they, yeah. they run into each other again? Mm-hmm. That's what I was thinking, too. That's kind of like the other sentiment there when he's looking at that clone doll is... Not only have I lost my humanity by being turned into a machine, but mm-hmm. they've all been robbed of their humanity yeah. by having their free will taken away. You know, they're mm-hmm. they're robots in a sense. Yeah, now that he knows so much about the inhibitor chip and yeah, there's a lot bundled up into that little moment, Nick. Yeah. It's a good good call. And it's maybe a second. Like yeah. maybe a second. That's some of those uh Star Wars for adults moments. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's also the thing with the conversation where where Hunter negotiates his price. Mm-hmm. selling him as a droid yeah they're kind of joking like i'm worth more than that but he's yeah. also serious you know yeah, yeah, yeah he, totally. he he at first he's like i'm not doing that and then he kind of is like accepting like oh yeah but i am kind of a yeah. dr- like i could pull this off so that's it's crazy we'll see how far they go with it but i really think it's an exploration of the more machine now than man yeah yeah star wars trope you know like they're, they're gonna try to see where they can go with he who knows by the end of the season if he's like gonna be like plugging into shit and like accessing terminals more like being a droid you know there's something to that moment where he's like selling him and he's like yeah but i'm i'm worth more than that of being like i don't know a group of friends and there's like one nerd and you're like listen nerd go in there and and go into the convenience store and steal this you know (laughs) like like kind of like you're like getting picked on yeah totally it's like no you're totally part of the crew but you're you're the little shit you know (laughs) mclovin yeah 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 Yeah, exactly he's mclovin (laughs) take off the vest you look like aladdin (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> dude the the that whole supermarket like scene where he envisions yeah. what happens yeah. blood everywhere dude, it's so good wow mashup what a film super bad batch there you go yes <laughs> there's a shirt i'm so proud of that meme i made it's so good dude that's a shirt super bad batch and we just do jonah hill and michael Sarah's bodies with bad batch helmets on them yeah. yes and it just says super bad batch in the super bad logo yeah. yes god you're f- smart boom that dude, that's a bestseller. Yeah. Dude, hold on. The opening credits when it's all silhouettes, we could do five silhouettes, mm. four or five silhouettes with the super bad logo. Like we could do very, we could do some four different Either variations way, of this. Super bad batch. That's a that's a best selling shirt with the <laughs> yeah. super bad font. Drop that down. Look for that at thanktomakermerch.com. Yeah, <laughs> we better make it fast because we just gave it away on the show and it's <laughs> yeah. not made oh, yeah. yet. Mike, hit us with that. <laughs> Mike, make it now. <laughs> All right. Um, anything else before we move on to a certain point of view? We could talk about the Empire's actively looking for the Bad Batch at this point. I was going to say, I think maybe just let's have a quick touch on 
Fennec chasing to get Omega? Like, where, you know, yeah. where, where's that going? Do we assume that that's coming from? Okay. We have up in the air this question is it the Empire that's coming after Omega? It has, you know, hired Fennec as, as a bounty hunter. I mean, we know that through the nature of what she's doing in the episode. And also, Hunter says, you know, she must be a bounty hunter or whatever the line he says at the, towards the end of the episode. But it could also be the Kaminoans, could it not? Hiring her to retrieve Omega? Yeah. yeah. And we know, obviously, that the Kaminoans have a, a bit of bounty hunting in their, in their past. Yeah, and it, just because there's a, a bounty out on someone also doesn't mean that they're going to be hurt necessarily. Mm-hmm. Right. It could just be straight up, hey, bring back you know our runaway child, essentially, as far as what's her name is concerned. I think it's the Kamino- Kaminoans. That's, Here's that's a little me. detail to why you could be right, Ryan, with this. is yeah. She pulls up the hollow of Omega, and Omega still has the little like Kaminoan headdress thing on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where else would they have gotten that image from? Right. You know? Yeah. Right. And literally, she's never been anywhere but Camino. Yeah, that's so, a that's a good observation, sir. I have something cool for the after show of why they might have been talking about somebody else, not Omega, in the last episode, in episode three. Mm, cool. When they're walking down that hallway, they yeah. they mentioned they need just one sample, right, for yes. the new clone, and we are all assuming it's Omega, but. I thought of someone else it could be, which makes total sense. And you're like, oh, yeah, of course. Wouldn't it be cool if all of you were patrons so that you could hear <laughs> Nick's super epic theory? Yeah, not only hear, but see all of us because yeah, yeah. it's a video. Right. That's true. You guys look good. There are some deeper threads as well with this bounty hunter conversation that we'll speak on as well. Hint, they're related to other bounty hunters. Mm, mm-hmm. Moving on, though. How about the fact that this episode was the most um, lighthearted and potentially, I would describe it as like, you know, four kids completely until it wasn't and there was murders. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Dude, the, the one officer, the, the Pantoran officer, Pantorian, Pantoran, what are we? Pantoran, I think. Something like yeah. that. The, like the blaster bolt goes through the windshield of his yeah. speeder bike and just bl- blows his yeah. chest open, you know, like. Fennec, I think, just grabs a citizen, right? on the speeder throws him off yeah yeah. the other two cops crash and die they did it's like really a lighthearted, like oh um, here's my toy and there's you know she's chasing those vorpak little animals like it really was like a very light-hearted episode wrecker was like extra wreckery i'm like oh yeah they're going like leaning more kid (laughs) he's hungry yeah yeah and then there was just murder for the last third of the episode that thing and we'll talk about this in certain point of view as well but that thing is exactly the thing that Lucas and Spielberg have done where they've always claimed that they're making things for kids, but they're actually making things for people who are exactly the age that they are when they're making it. Mm-hmm. Because you want to throw back to the stuff you grew up on as kids. You want, you know, all the swashbuckling pirate stuff. But Indiana Jones is literally killing people also. Yeah, totally. Yeah. You know, Han Solo's literally shooting people. There's so much murder in both of these, both yeah. stories. So <laughs> that, That's the second time on this show in four episodes that a person has gotten straight murdered through yeah. a windshield yeah yeah i mean they can't they do back-to-back episodes windshield murders yeah it's scared driving now <laughs> you know the disney era definitely is all about like um how would i say it implied death a lot yeah. of times you know yeah yeah so it's it is shocking to see well this. that's they, that's why they hasn't there been talked about that even in the original trilogy and, and the, the original concept behind stormtroopers like their armor being so that they could get shot and killed but there there's not going to be any blood and guts kind of right. thing it was yeah. like a way to sort of make them robotic in a way even mm-hmm. though they are people so it's not quite as triggering and i think all that stuff does go into extensive research on how it's going to play yeah. on your psyche and how you react to it you know mm-hmm. 
Yeah, they're faceless. You can't see their faces, you know, that kind of thing. Like, it's it's different. Like, And we talked about on Mandalorian finale when Luke comes in how, you know, it couldn't have been real people that he's, like, completely annihilating, which is yeah, right. what the battle droids served in the prequels. But I don't think in the original trilogy he knew that he was going to get as far as he got to have, like, Jedi slashing through yeah. stormtroopers. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, right, right. kind of got a little farther than he thought it was going to go. And then he was like, uh... We can't really have them. I mean, because we didn't see anything like that in the original trilogy. But all that to say, yeah, the the, the like, I'm, I'm going to start a side podcast, a true crime podcast called The Bad Batch, <laughs> The Windshield Murders. <laughs> cold case files. Who yeah. killed these people? Star Wars cold case, <laughs> The Windshield Murders. There's one other thing that I thought was cool that I haven't seen anyone else talk about. So when Hunter is like tracking Omega, when Omega is with Fennec Shand at that point, Hunter sees Anta. the little Anta. Did you guys notice that my name is Nick on, <laughs> on our little uh, no, I chat love here? It though. Nick. Nick. <laughs> Eat him. Uh, <laughs> Ryan. Here should be E E D U M. Eat him. Eat him. I love it. We're sorry, everyone from that part of the world. We're so yeah, sorry. Yeah, we're sorry. <laughs> we're sorry. It's adorable. I love it. Yeah, we're not making fun. It's great. We're enjoying it. I wish that I sounded like that. We're fans. <laughs> So when Hunter is tracking Omega and she and Hunter sees that stormtrooper like on the floor there, there's this real like tight shot on the clone trooper toy, but above and below is blurred out, almost like a tilt shift kind of thing. And I don't remember seeing that kind of shot at all in the first three episodes. So I'm wondering if that was almost like an instance where you see what Hunter sees, where like he right. his mutation of tracking was like super focused on just the yeah. what he was looking for, which was either I guess Omega or this clone trooper toy. Yeah, point of view representation of yeah, yeah. his senses. It was super quick, but I noticed right away. I'm like, why was that like blurry except for the the stormtrooper? And yeah. that might have been like almost like video game style, like point of view. I was just gonna say it's like like The Last of Us Two or The Last of Us. If you hold down R one, you like can listen through the walls and mm. you see where the zombies are. Like through the walls. It's like that kind of vibe. So he sees things. um... When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. A certain point of view <laughs> depend greatly on our own point of view. Segway master. The absolute master. I do my best. Segway Jedi. <laughs> Not too many, as usual, but there has been mention of, and some other reviews and things, people talking about, like we mentioned earlier, this being a side quest, and some people not being stoked on it. I'm assuming because the stakes are like, the, the bar is so high now after the last few you know, the entire season seven of the Clone Wars was so cinematic. It was three solid arcs. I think some people are kind of expecting it all to be like that from now on, but mm-hmm. we're getting some side quests and I don't know. I just don't, I don't think this falls under like the monster of the week side quest type thing. Like I think that the, what what they were doing on the planet was a bit side questy, but the overarching plot line of the episode that includes Fennec Shand coming after Omega is extremely important to the 
the overall, not just a small arc, but it's going to play, I think, into the arc overall of the entire season. So yeah. agreed. I, I don't, yeah, I don't buy that. I, I, I think that there was the first half of the episode had that kind of like, I don't know, sort of like, what are, this doesn't matter, you know, but it's fun for kids. Like we talked about watching Omega and the animals and the shopping and all the stuff that, that was cool. Just kid Star Wars stuff. But yeah, I think that was quickly gone for me because it was like, oh, okay, yeah. here we go. Omega's getting hunted. That's huge. Yeah, I think to me, the way I look at it, if anyone's having an issue with like, nothing nothing happened in this one. Not every episode could be Luke and the Mandalorian. Not every episode could be the last four episodes of the Clone Wars. And I bring everything back to sports that I don't really watch, but they're just loading the bases right now. And eventually we're going to get like the Grand yep. Slam, you know? Yeah, for sure. It's like, okay, there was a side quest, but you know what was really exciting? We got Fennec Shand. Cool. Yeah. Now we get to talk about that, which is kind of what they did in Mandalorian. So yeah, I, I I got no problem with it. It's not like it was like two hours long and nothing happened. It's literally like twenty five minutes long, and what happened happened. Done. Cool. Yeah, dude. It was great. It was quick. I mean, th- these episodes are short. Yeah. So if we're not seeing it in like a three episode arc, it's going to be like that. Mm-hmm. We're going to get something really important, but it's going to be brief. We're going to have some crap that goes on around it. Roll the credits. Yeah. And I'm I'm cool with that. Do you think, okay, speaking of arcs, I don't remember, were Clone Wars arcs three or four episodes? Three to four on average, right? Yeah, because this is four right now, and it kind of ended on, um, not a cliffhanger per se, but Fennec Shan looking into the stars, you know, that might be a a spot to end this arc. But I'm going to contradict myself and go against my own thoughts right now. There's nowhere else for him to go. The Clone Wars had so many characters and so many storylines that you could go on arcs like... What would the Bad Batch do right now if they weren't like harboring Omega, you know, like what other story could they tell? So I'm kind of leaning towards this just being like serialized. I agree. Yeah. I, don't, yeah. I don't think these are going to be small arcs. Yeah. I don't think anything has lent itself to that. We're, we didn't see Crosshair in this one because, mm-hmm. you know, he, he's off doing whatever he's doing, but he'll be back right in the next episode with his next thing. Like it's not those little three episode adventures. I don't I don't think yeah. at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's one long story of who Omega is. Yeah. I mean, that that's the more more what I'm leaning into is like she's obviously something special and they're going somewhere with that. Mm-hmm. Next one, going back to what Ryan and Heather were saying last week about Wrecker being a, kind of just a one note character. He, de- he definitely does it again on this yeah, one. Yeah, for sure. Agreed on this point. <laughs> That's why I said, you're hungry. We get it. Yeah. But it's good for kids. It's good That's for kids. The, yeah. That's the thing. It's the injection of something that's kid-friendly amidst all the murder. Yeah, it is. I get it. I get it. I don't have to like it, but I get it. So that's all I wanted to add. You know what I didn't dig about him in this episode? You know, the, the one-noteness is whatever, for sure, there. I, I didn't... He's supposed to be this big, bad bruiser, and Fennec Shan took one second to, like, knock him out. Mm-hmm. Like, that kind of sucks. Well, she pulled some like judo aikido stuff on him and just redirected totally. all his energy and he knocked himself out essentially which i'm just like you know like if he's some big bad bruiser like i would expect him to i don't know know that <laughs> like know that that could yeah. be a thing and to like be able to like not be susceptible to it so that kind of was like a little he's also one of a team though and they they seem to be at their best when they're all working together yeah. so maybe he's Same like oh, i'm gonna go i'm gonna go beat her up and yeah. Yeah. he underestimated her. And that also establishes how badass she is for anyone who doesn't know her from the Mandalorian. Yeah. Whoever those people are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> whoever those freaks are. <laughs> <laughs> Lastly, speaking of Fennec Shand, from a certain point of view, it's weird to me the, the age imbalance referencing the Mandalorian between her and Boba Fett. Mm-hmm. Granted, 
Ming-Na Wen doesn't seem to age, period. No. I mean, she's in real life, Ming-Na Wen is 57. No yeah. way. Yeah. No way. Yeah. <laughs> it's nuts. Good genes. She's a vampire? <laughs> and Tamara Morrison, he doesn't look like crap, but he doesn't look young. No. You know? So it's weird because Boba Fett is an unaltered clone. So at this point in time, he's 13 years old. Mm -hmm. So how old is Fennec in this? She's supposed to be like also a teenager? Is she like 16 years old? Uh, I mean, I could see her. If we're going to base it off of like Ming-Na Wen's actual age, she could be in her 20s right now and then just tack on like 30 years to be current with the Mandalorian. And are we are we taking liberty with the whole like he's unaltered, but haven't we talked about before that there's still some of that genetic code in there that causes his aging to... Didn't we, didn't we like... Well, I think what we talked about is... Self-retcon some of that in Mandalorian to justify things. I think we focused more on him being in a, a, a Sarlacc belly. Right. Contributing to him looking like crap. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I mean, I, I would assume she's in like no older than like early 20s at this point. Yeah. And, and when they introduced her in Mandalorian, they said she was an Imperial sharpshooter, right? Something like that? Yeah. So she's not Imperial at this point, which makes sense because, again, I think the Empire is like not even a month old probably. So It's weird, though. She's wearing the exact same outfit. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Huh. As people do in Star Wars. I don't know. We'll see. For 30 years. <laughs> yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting to see. I'm sure we're going to get more about her path and her, her story. Point being, she's young. She has to be young for it to make any sense with mm -hmm. the way they look side by side in The Mandalorian. I think it would be cool if she's even younger, if she's like 16, yeah. 17, 18 years old. That would be tight. Think about Luke, Leia, Ray, they're all late teens. There it is. We'll just land on that. They're ni She's 19, just like every other young yeah. character we meet. Speculation, little teaser. Like, why wouldn't she be involved with Boba already, though? You know? I'm saying. After show. Patreon.com slash thankthemakerpod. All right, let's move on. It is the dark saber. A Sith wayfinder. Dark science. Cloning. Secrets only the Sith knew. Welcome. <laughs> we got a handful in the den. First one we notice uh, right off the bat, pretty much. The docking bay manager is a uh, Sullistan. Is that how you say that? Yep. That's same species as Nyan Num from uh, Return of the Jedi. And oddly enough, The Last Jedi and Rise of Skywalker, right? Yeah. yeah. Definitely one of the last Resistance members on the Millennium Falcon in The Last Jedi. I'm like, how did he make it? <laughs> this one happens to speak the common tongue, though, yeah, 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 as they say in Westeros. Uh, the traitor, I guess, of Bobby Moynihan's character, the, the traitor in the market is a Gran, which is the same species as Riyiz, who uh, you would recognize from uh, Jabba's Palace. He worked for Jabba. You'd really recognize him as a, like a Kenner action figure. Oh, word. And one of the drivers during the chase scene, you know that one like kind of like kind of comedic break where they're they're fighting in the speeder chase and then it just goes to like the cockpit of uh, someone listening to music. Yes. Kinda. Yeah. So that's uh, that's an Aqualish. He's just vibing out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's an Aqualish like uh, Ponda Baba from A New Hope. And the one kind of Easter egg within the Easter egg is that he's wearing exactly what Ponda Baba's... Uh, Kenner figure war, just like an orange kind of, it always felt like to me, it was like an orange vest with like blue arms almost. Yeah. So that was exactly that. That shot was incredible though, as far as animation goes. Yeah. It looked so good. I already like right away the, the next morning, some, somebody posted like just a zoomed in shot of that with the caption, current mood. <laughs> nice. Hey, that could be Ponda Baba. Why not? Could be. This is before New Hope. Yeah, it could just be him. 
vibing out. <laughs> Not changing his outfit for the next 20 years either. Dude, they don't change. They don't really eat. <laughs> they definitely, they don't poop. They don't sleep. There's only one toilet we know of, and that got blown up. Yeah. They're just always in action wearing the same clothes. I had the most random thought when, when Omega was, like, running through the marketplace. Um, I think at this point she was separated from Fennec. She was running through the marketplace, and she was hiding behind a crate, and there was just, like, a guy walking in the middle of the marketplace. I was like, why is that so weird? It's like, he's just a guy walking. When's the last time you saw someone walking without, like, looking at their phone or... They oh, yeah. didn't have a backpack on. Like, what is yeah. a person's purpose just walking? You know? <laughs> yeah. Like, I was like, why does that look weird? I'm like, yeah, because no one just walks like... I'm like, yeah. you'd definitely be looking at your phone. <laughs> they don't... They, we've talked... this. That's Star Wars tech. Yeah. We talked about that. It's te- tech for functionality, not yeah. for entertainment. So totally. they don't have phones. Yeah, exactly. Just a comm link. That's all you get. <laughs> Moving on. Tech mentions that the signature key is below the rear parallax inverters. Mm. Yeah, parallax is, I don't think it's ever been said in Star Wars, but we know from doing our research that parallax is the, you know, the effect that they use in the the volume while they're, uh, you know, they're filming Mandalorian and now Obi-Wan, where like the background changes depending on what angle the camera is, you know, being focused at. So now in 23 years, if I ever said no to you, why, why say no? This is just what, what I thought of so when we talk about the parallax no. inverters are beneath the... <laughs> Checking the uh, specs on the end line for the rotary girder. <laughs> yeah. Rotary girder. It's like a buck swope in Boogie Nights, and he's like, kicks it up a couple more quads per channel. But that, 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 that's technical talk. That doesn't really concern you. Totally. I was checking the specs on the end line for the uh, rotary girder. <laughs> it's weird, though, because all parallax is, that literally just means the way a foreground and a background shift mm-hmm. relative to each other as you move yeah so what inverting the a ship it sounds cool inverts the yeah what? i think they it. probably were just like it just sounds cool here's a word here's a star wars word that's really funny okay um we mentioned the the clone trooper toy that omega finds in the market similar vibes to the toy that jen urso had at the beginning of rogue one and also the the toys you can find in the Toydarian toy makers at Galaxy's Edge. Jin's is like a straight up stormtrooper. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. got like black joints between the mm-hmm. legs and arms and stuff. We mentioned earlier also uh, the Pantorans as people being um, heavily featured in the Clone Wars and George Lucas playing the, I want to say he was the prime minister and Katie Lucas, his daughter, I, I guess played his daughter in the movie as well. Both those characters are also in the Clone Wars. So we spent a lot of time here. Mm-hmm. What's this next one? Nick, you want to do this next uh, one? On the speeder that Omega is chasing, those animals are called Vorpax, and they were uh, in resistance. And the other tie-in to resistance was there was that little thick boy uh, droid. Um, <laughs> T-H-I-C-C. His name was Clink. Yeah, yeah. B-O-I? B-O-I, for sure. <laughs> uh, his name was Clink in this episode. And like I said, in resistance, there was a similar droid. I can't remember the exact name, but I think it was L E. And then some numbers like LE37 or something like that. So that style droid has been introduced recently. There's a lot of stuff in this episode, actually, that that calls back to other movies and other series and things. The security cameras in the city are the same style as the ones in A New Hope, kind of like that four-eye 
looks like a cowbell with like lenses on the end <laughs> yeah. of it, sort of. I noticed right? it right away. I felt so stupid and nerdy. I was like, Ugh. <laughs> same cameras. I'm like, who notices the camera? <laughs> I did. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we immediately. <do. laughs> immediately. <laughs> the speeder chase, like Ryan mentioned, has really similar sounds to um, the speeders in Return of the Jedi, also the ones in Attack of the Clones. There's like a specific kind of like howling noise. Yeah. And like a chug, 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 chug kind of thing. It's very prequel. I, I feel like they just have that sound bank of all the established sounds and they just have so much fun mashing all that stuff up. I mean, you don't need new sounds, you know, like yeah. for the last 20, 30 years, like car engines don't sound that different, you know? There's a siren too. I don't know. It's a police or an ambulance mm-hmm. or something siren. That's for sure an attack of the clones that they use. Yeah, absolutely. It's just fun stuff. It's makes it all so immersive to me, at least. I was just like on the edge of my seat, like, oh, this is fun. This is fun. Lastly. All right. I'm going to drop a bombshell. You ready? When Omega first meets those Vorpax, she says, hello there. Omega's a Kenobi. Boom. <laughs> Confirmed. <laughs> she does say hello there. Yeah. Hello there. Confirm it. Thank the maker. Scoop. <laughs> Show's over. Not really, but that'd be cool. <laughs> Raise a Palpatine. I said it. Yeah. Nick, you're just calling this one. All right, let's move on. I love you. I know. Favorite scenes, favorite quotes. Mine, uh, I know right off the top of my head, but you guys go first. Uh, definitely the speeder chase for me. I mean, it was just, as you said, Adam, earlier, it was just class, the classic Star Wars Indiana Jones adventure chase with a little murder thrown in. <laughs> a little murder for the kids. Yeah, sprinkle some murder. And, then, and, and in an episode where I was kind of like, you know, watching it going, okay, the first half, as I said, was sort of like one note wrecker and cute stuff with Omega some cool stuff with the droid echo stuff like it was like uh and then it just leveled up so the energy shift of the whole episode with the chase was also really rad uh for two reasons i like the whole hunter echo omega like in the market scene where hunter negotiates like echo's price and stuff and it's all stuff we talked about already like i i like the kind of duality of echo reminiscing about the clone troopers and being more human and now he's a little bit more machine plus like ryan you said like it just looks like a shop in batu so i enjoyed living in that moment those are my two favorites for sure but my number one i'm gonna go with ryan it's the speeder chase i remember having that thought of damn this is star wars Mm. pretty much immediately i knew that so that's my favorite omega not tucking and rolling i'm changing my answer that's (laughs) that's the best part (laughs) what about quotes favorite quotes I'm going to reference the quotes that we put up for the poll when Omega says, but the war is over. Isn't that good? And Echo replies, depends which side you're on. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. If I had to pick a favorite, I'd have to use the list that you guys so kindly made (laughs) for me to cheat. You can thank Nick for that. And then choose that one. Thanks, Nick. Speaking of Nick, I'm Nick. And um, (laughs) (laughs) not really my favorite quote, but uh, I kind of am liking text like quick retorts where he's like cocky about being nerdy yeah so like at the beginning of the show the whole like com chatter has our ship signature on a wanted list and text just like so we scramble it and wrecker's like you could do that he's like of yeah. course i could do that yeah. kind of like a confident nerd he's like the sheldon cooper <laughs> yeah. of star wars of course i could do it idiot <laughs> my favorite is i'm going with ryan again i guess we're mad at you nick um, i'm just ganging up on you basically it's fine it's fine from Omega asking Echo, but the war's over, you know, that's good. I love that depends on which side you're on sentiment 
carrying over here and especially from this group who, yeah, they were on the Republic side, but they, they've always been outcasts. So it just, it fits in perfectly. And I think it continues the lessons taught by the Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. See what the patrons thought. As always, we pulled the patrons for favorite scenes and favorite quotes. Five nominees for each. First nominee for favorite scenes, Tech and Wrecker learning how to bribe the docking bay manager. That was kind of, <laughs> it was kind of like, a, I mean, clearly they know what credits are, but it was like kind of, it was like a fish out of water thing that I thought was fun. Yeah. You know, I, hopefully there's more like kind of comedic moments of them learning how to adjust, you know, because it was kind of like, is this enough? <laughs> yeah. Oh, you want more? Okay, here you go. It reminded me of in Star Trek Four when they first have to, you know, they have to get money. So Kirk yeah, sells yeah, his glasses. Totally. <laughs> and there's, I forgot what it is, but basically one of them, like, you know, the, the person from the 80s tells them an amount and they go, is that a lot? Yeah. <laughs> How much? Well, they'd be worth more if the lenses were intact. I'll give you $100. Is that a lot? Hmm. Is that the same one where, like, I think it's the same movie where Kirk's, like, almost gets hit by a taxi and the taxi... Double dumbass on you. Yeah, double dumbass yeah. on you. That's so good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then Spock later is talking about... Thank the Maker, uh, Star Trek podcast. Um, <laughs> yeah, you lost me. Later, Spock's, like... The use of language has altered since our arrival. It is currently laced with, shall I say, more colorful metaphors. Double dumbass on you and so forth. Give me the profanity. Yeah. That's simply the way they talk here. Yeah. <laughs> There's one other good thing too, where Scotty like is on the computer and he like tries to talk to the computer by picking up the mouse and he's like talks and speaks into it. it. <laughs> Hello, computer. That's yeah. that's a good movie. Nominee number two, the citizens on Pandora cheering on the Imperial clones, the celebration, the post-war party. Third nominee, Hunter negotiating with the shopkeep, trading Echo for credits. I would include the conversation, of course, between Hunter and Echo. As part of that, right? Not just the conversation between Hunter yeah. and the, the shopkeep. Mm-hmm. Fourth nominee, Fennec Shan befriending Omega, stealing food for her, teaching her bad lessons. The fifth and final nominee, the speeder chase through Pantora, rescuing Omega. The winner, well, it's a tie. Rare. I feel like we never get ties. A rare tie. 41% for each of these. Hunter negotiating with the shopkeep, trading Echo for credits, and the speeder chase through Pantora. That lines up right with us. Yeah, actually, it's me and the patrons versus you two. <laughs> <laughs> I'm about to fight. Favorite quotes. The nominees are first, the one that Nick mentioned earlier, starting with Echo. Calm Chatter has our ship's signature on a wanted list. So we scramble it. Well, you can do that. Of course I can do it. Second nominee, Wrecker says. <laughs> We're getting the hang of this civilian thing. Third nominee, the one that Ryan and I picked. Omega says to Echo, But the war is over. Isn't that good? And Echo responds, Depends which side you're on. Fourth nominee, Hunter and Echo squabbling during the negotiation with the shopkeep. Once we get the supplies, I'll give you the signal and you can leave. Fine, but not at that price. I am worth more than 2000 And the fifth and final nominee, Omega and Fennec Shand. Omega says, But we didn't pay for these. It's okay to break the rules sometimes. And the winner with 51% of the vote, another one of our picks, like we said earlier, Omega asking about the end of the war and Echo enlightening her that it's all about your certain point of view. 
Depends on which side you're on. Second place is Echo demanding that he's worth more than 2,000 credits. Good picks. Yeah, I mean, really, between the scenes and the quotes, I mean, that's 90% of the episode right there. It's a fun 25 minutes or whatever it was. Yeah. It really goes back to um, who knows what journey we're on, which is cool. It's fun to speculate. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's like light in the way of like, it's just not, I watched it and I didn't even think about it for 24 hours. I was like, oh yeah, I should watch that again. I got to write notes, you know, it's like, cool. I watched Star Wars and then I moved on with my life. I think that they will drop some knowledge at the end. I think the, you know, whatever the final couple episodes will Mm -hmm. probably be the kind that you have to sit back after and take it in. Like, whoa. What just happened? You know, but this happened in Clone Wars, too. Again, I haven't watched Rebels or Resistance, but, you know, a lot of the early parts of the seasons sometimes were fun and cool. Mm -hmm. And then it wasn't until the final arc or the final episode even of a season that was like, whoa. Yeah. And I mean, it's the same guys making the show, so I assume they're going to do a similar thing here. But we've already gotten some of that, man. Like the the crosshair death squad Mm -hmm. thing, that was really intense for the third episode of of this show. Yeah. We'll get more of that. I feel like if this is just the beginning of the Empire, the Empire is going to get darker to the point where they're like, you know what we need? A giant space station that literally blows up planets. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, like they're not quite there yet, <laughs> but they're going to get more evil. Well, I'm stoked on it, and I'm stoked to cover it every week with you guys. And I like Star Wars. So do I. Oh, wait. On last week's episode, when I was listening to it, I think you guys mentioned the Kiner family doing the score and stuff like that. Yeah. Did they mention that it was like... The season was divided by two, kind of? Yeah, two-part soundtrack. Like one through eight, nine through 16? Yeah. Like, what's that about? Why did they point out that there was a division in the soundtrack? I mean, they've done... I've seen like two-part soundtracks a lot, Mm -hmm. you know, because they want to release a soundtrack before the whole season's over. Like, they want to get those plays. Mm -hmm. You know, they want to get those sales, but they don't want to spoil anything. So when they reach the halfway point, they drop the first half. Okay. And then they drop the second half, and then maybe there's like a double, whatever. I don't know. I was probably reading into it too much that there was like a shift in the sound or tone of it or something like that. I would guess it's just like a marketing thing. Okay. Get the product out there when they can. I'll stop worrying about it then. Chill out, dude. (laughs) Um, Speaking of getting on board with things... I will remind everyone listening that now actually more than half of the listeners week to week are not subscribed to the podcast. It's messed up. I feel like this plagues many pods. So help us beat the plague. Press the subscribe button wherever (laughs) you listen. Do it right now. Hold on, everybody. Do it right now. Okay, thanks. Thanks, thanks <laughs> Thank for pressing. Thank you. I mean, Thank don't you. instead of typing our name into the, the search bar every week, don't you just want to like be subscribed? Come on. Yeah. It'll just populate your feed. Press uh, just play as soon as you open the app. Yeah. It's all about efficiency. We don't have time to type. No. <laughs> Thursday morning, you open the podcast app. There it is. You press play. You enjoy it. Next morning, you watch a new episode. Life's grand. How about you stop being so selfish and do us a favor and subscribe? (laughs) (laughs) It's not all about you and your love for typing. (laughs) You're just wasting time, really. I like your podcast, but I really love to type also. (laughs) Think about the amount of time you'd get back in your life not typing T-H-A-N, and then you find it every week. (laughs) It's a lot of time. Add that up for the next 20 years that we're doing this podcast or more. That's a lot of time. Shaving minutes off your life, dog. Also, how about if you just subscribe? We won't have to talk about it. I like that. That (laughs) makes the most sense. It's a strong argument. All right, Ryan Key, wrap it up for us with a quote of the week. Yeah, I got a cool one that I think plays into what we've been talking about a little bit. Episodic arcs versus sort of a serialized thing. Uh, So a very important uh, piece of all of these puzzles we're putting together these days. 
Quote, once you buy into a television show, there doesn't have to be a resolution from week to week. You can develop characters and storylines and react to the audience. So you get more of a serialized version of storytelling where you can go much deeper into each character. It's more like a novel. The great John Favreau, everybody. Aha. He's good. Pretty insightful. Probably why, starting with Mandalorian, we had chapters, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Books. And then with Clone Wars, they didn't have titles, right? They just had those cookies? Mm, they did. I don't know if they if they put the titles on screen, but... Yeah, so this one is more titles again in Bad Batch. Yeah. yeah. If you listeners are looking for the podcast on social media, you can find us on Instagram at ThankTheMakerPod, on Twitter at ThankTheMaker. If you want to check out our sister podcast, one of the two, the dyad in the Thank The Maker podcast force, in the Thank The Maker network, Armor Party podcast, you can find on Instagram at Armor Party Show. If you're into cosplay, costuming. And good hangs. And good hangs. That's dope. Our friend Mike from Hondo Supply runs that, and it's awesome. If it makes you happy to hear people talk about Star Wars and be happy, you will enjoy that podcast. <laughs> All my stuff is at Adam the Skull. And Nick? I'm at Nick Bayside on Instagram and Twitter. Mine's nice and easy across all the social meds, as Nick calls them, <laughs> at William Ryan Key. And of course, if you want merch, it's thankthemakermerch.com. Also easy. That Ewok shirt is crushing. It's selling. People love it. You can be one of those people. Thankthemakermerch.com. Dudes, good hang. Everybody, thanks for listening. And until next week, may the force be with you. Yeah.